pray that all of us will do that. All right, we've got Elijah now at uh, uh, he, he's he's at Mount Horb and and he's waiting to see what the Lord would have for him to do. And we ended our message this morning with Moses and uh, when he entered into God's presence with the rod in his hand, Jehovah asked him, "What is in thy hand?" You know, we we know God knew what He had in His hand, but um, and I'm sure the question led to the fact that that what are you going to do with it? And 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 I'm sure that the question led to the fact that God said, "You've got it in your hand because I'm going to use it," and that's exactly what He did. And whatever you bring to the Lord, whatever you bring to the Lord. He has a way of using it. That is, if you're like Elijah, Elijah was one of God's prophets, one of God's good prophets, and uh, one of God's great prophets. And there were some of them that were prophets that wasn't that great prophets. But uh, Elijah was one of the great prophets And uh, in that. Now, Elijah told God why he was there. And that, this, that brings me to the point that I just said, he says, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Why? Why am I jealous for the Lord, for the Lord God of hosts? Now he didn't say I'm jealous of the Lord God of hosts. He said I'm jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of God have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left. This to, they seek my life to take it away. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know what the thoughts were here concerning Elijah, but, uh, it seems to be that Elijah is telling the Lord, uh, uh, you know, that, uh, yeah, I ran for this reason. I ran because someone was after my life. And, um, and I, I'm sure that, uh, God knew him. God knew Elijah. God knew that he didn't tell him what he was going to Horeb for. He just told him to, he gave him, a, he gave him regular food. He ate it. And then God brought him some nourishing meat, had him some nourishing meat give to him. And he ate enough of that meat that it gave him the strength to go, uh, uh, 40, uh, uh, 40 days. I believe it was 40 days. Let's see, 40 days and 40 nights moving uh that he was able to go that long and that far to get the horn now i i knew that god god knew that he did that but i also know that god knew what was in the back of elijah's mind and that was this note that had been given to him that came from jezebel and and that she said to tomorrow at this time I'm going to take your life. <coughs> well, evidently, this wasn't tomorrow at this time. You know, 40 days and 40 nights couldn't be tomorrow at this time. So so he, he'd already passed the time up at a, that they said. You know, we've got, we've got some congressmen in Washington saying that we've only got 11 more years. That everything's going to be gone from here, that... That global warming is going to destroy the whole earth in 11 more years. I mean, do you believe that stuff? No, I don't believe it. 
But you'd be surprised of people that do. You'd be surprised of people that do. I was talking to a person uh, a couple, three weeks ago, and, and, and they said, well, said, you know, uh, uh, if, if we don't do something about this global warming, we haven't got but, they said, then 12 years. You know, and, and we got, we got, we just got 12 years to fix it. This world's going to be destroyed. Well, I don't know if I'll be here in 12 years. I'm going to tell you, because if I do, I'll be a mighty old man. But, uh, but, but I do know this, that there's some of you going to be here in 12 years. And I'll almost promise you that if you're here in 12 years, this world's not going to be destroyed. But if you're still here, you may be gone. You may be gone in death. You may be gone in the rapture. If you're gone in the rapture before the 12 years is up, then, yeah, that may be true. So we don't know. See, we, we don't know. How, how can they stand up and say those things when they don't know what they're talking about? They have no idea what they're talking about. And and But they still, people say these things in this. Christ rebuked the hypocrites, the hypocritical Pharisees, for doing the same thing Elijah said of Israel. Look at Matthew twenty three thirty three. Look, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are from the Old Testament to the New Testament are quite alike, and and, and a lot of things that happened in the Old Testament were quite alike in the New Testament. God hasn't changed one bit. Remember that. God hasn't changed one bit. In dealing with his people, God hadn't changed in one bit. God doesn't tell us everything that's going to go on. He doesn't tell us what the future is. You know, we've I've sat beside the bedside of, of dying people, and God didn't tell them when their time was going to come. God didn't God didn't tell God didn't tell them that they were going to start suffering to death. God didn't tell them that. Uh, it's, um, you know, we, we just don't know. We, we just don't know. We may be standing, I may be standing here today preaching to you. It may be buried tonight. Sam says that's not going to happen, but, but maybe it will. I don't know. Same way with you. You know, I hope and pray, God forbid, I hope every one of you get where you're going safely today. But you don't know whether you're going to or not. I remember in 1992, I had little Emily in the car with me. I don't know if Emily remembers. I think she said she remembered it, that wreck. I had taken Rhonda's sister, Connie. She was working at Oxford. I had taken her to work, and I was just driving back. Emily and I were driving back, and we were coming back, and all of a sudden, bam, somebody ran right into me, threw Emily down in the floorboard and threw me, knocked me out. I hit the, I came up and hit the sun visor, and it cut my head open. And next thing I remember, some nurse was on top of me holding my head together so they could sew it up and my chest was my bone the the uh, sternum in here was cracked 
And, and she was laying on my chest, and goodness gracious, I said, that hurts. She said, you're going to hurt worse than this if we don't get this blood stopped. And, and so they, they, I guess they got the blood stopped. But I, that's what I woke up to. I didn't know for one, for one minute that any of that was going to happen. And, and you don't know either. And Elijah didn't know. Why has God sent me 40 days and 40 nights away from my home uh, uh, where, I, where I was very comfortable? Why did God do that? Well, God has a reason for doing it. A lot of, well, Matthew 23, 33, let me show you the, the likeness here. In Matthew 23, 33 says, uh, huh, I got told, let me get, get over here. Matthew 23, 33 says, uh, you serpents, you generation of vipers, this is Christ speaking, how can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets, and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. But then he goes on to say, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the 37th verse, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. They killed the prophets. God would send them, God would send them Israel prophets, and they would kill them. Not Jezebel, not, not uh, Elijah, but they would kill them. And, so it's been, it's, it, it's almost like Elijah is saying, well, Lord, uh, uh, they're going to kill me too. Because they've killed a bunch of them. They're going to kill me too. Well, how, how many, do, do you realize any of you ever take stock of how many prophets Jezebel killed? I mean, of God's prophets Jezebel killed. Well, I was looking at a, Something when I was studying for this, and there's some Bible scholars who I don't claim to be one, but there's some Bible scholars who said that there was probably as many as ten thousand prophets that she had killed, just because they were sent from God. She killed them. That's a wicked woman. That was a wicked woman. That's the reason when when she died. Her bowels were gushed out, and and the dogs came and ate them. I mean, they didn't bury her body. The dogs ate her body up. Let me tell you, folks, uh, you just you just can't you just can't do those things like uh, Elijah. Elijah was scared to death. He was he was scared to death of it. A lot of so-called Christians today will have a lot of questions to answer. At the judgment of the saints, or, or which is called the judgment seat of Christ, this, if one stands before the, that judgment, our response to God's question could be de- defensive, as many times they are, or they can be simple confessions of the truth. 
You know, God's, God's going to question us when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's going to question us, and we can get defensive. A lot of people do get defensive when they're questioned. But we can also realize that, yes, God, whatever you bring against me is true. I'm one of those people that done this thing that you're going to accuse. God's going to, God's going to accuse them. Not going to be Satan. It's going to be God's going to accuse them. We, us, you and me, God's going to question us as to why we did the things that we did. He's going to question us when we stand before him. He's going to question us about the time when we should have been in the Lord's house and we weren't there. He's going to question us about those times. You'll say, well, if I'm saved, and yeah, I'm going to be one of them that's going to be standing there. Sure, you are. If you're not standing there, you're not saved. <coughs> that's one of the great blessings of, <coughs> of knowing there's two great blessings is the rapture comes and God takes you. That's a blessing. And then, and then when judgment comes, if you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, that's a blessing. Even though he's going, you're going to have to give an account for everything you've done in this body since the Lord saved you. Oh, that scares me when I think about that. I, I, I don't, un, I don't understand what he means that you're going to have to give an account for it. I, I don't understand what, what all that's talking about, but, but I do know you're going to have to give an account for it. And did you know that God's ministers have to give an account for the people that don't do what they're supposed to do. That's why Elijah made that statement, I'm jealous because of you, Lord, because the people are not doing what you expect them to do. Elijah was given account for the people. You know, we preachers, we have to give an account for everything... We have to go to the Lord, and I'll have people will ask me, where was so-and-so today? <coughs> Only thing I can do is go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know why they weren't there. I don't know why they weren't there. You say, well, where's that taught at in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews? book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Let me see if I can find it. And... and I'm, I'm dwelling on this thing, what what Elijah said to the Lord there when he said he was jealous for the people because the people wasn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. It's a 13th chapter, and let me see if I can find it here. I know exactly where it is in my other Bible. I know it's in the 13th chapter. Verse 17. Look at this. Verse 17. I'm sorry, folks. I just have to tell it like it is. You know, I've got my other Bible memorized. But this one, I have to kind of figure it out. 17th chapter. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, 
that they, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Why, why should I have to give an account for somebody that don't come to church? That's the way the Lord's got it set up. Why should I have to do that? You, you'll say, well, Brother Paul, uh, people just, people just do things. Yeah, they do things, but you don't know. I have to give an account for those people. Cause you, you don't think it goes through my mind? God doesn't put it through my mind? Why are those people doing what they're doing? Sure he does. These are people that you've taught, Shepherd Jackson. These are people you've taught. These are people that you 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 have uh, uh, given your life for. I've almost given half of my life for you folks. And maybe maybe the time I get done, I will have given half of my life. And this is what you've done. And, 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 and when God expects you to give an account for those people, it's a wonderful thing that I can go to God and say, Lord, I'm so thankful for those people that come out on the Lord's Day and on Wednesday nights and faithful. And uh, I've had a many of a preacher call me up and ask me on Wednesday night. They'll call me on Thursday and they, they don't do it as much now as they used to. They called me on Thursday. They said, how many did y'all have last night? And I say, we had 30. They said, my goodness, that's a lot of people. They said, we had two. Or we had three. Well, you know, you, have to, you still have to give an account. You have to do it with joy of those people that are faithful that come out and those people that are faithful to and live godly lives. You, you do it with joy. Oh, Lord, this is a wonderful person, a wonderful person. But then sometimes you have to do it in grief. Lord, I don't know. I don't know where they were. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know why they were doing what they were doing. Oh, I'm getting into areas where... Some of you are not going to understand what I'm talking about because you don't walk in my shoes. You haven't walked in my shoes. Our response to God's questions can be, as I said, can be defensive as, as many times as they are. Or they can be just simple confessions, Lord, I have sinned like David did. David stood before the Lord before even judgment came. David said, Lord, against thee and thee only have I sinned. That's all we can do is say, Lord, it was against you we've sinned. It's not, it's not because we didn't do what Brother Paul taught us to do. It's because we did it to you. You know, let, let me tell you something, folks. When you hurt Landmark Baptist Church, you hurt me. That's what Elijah was getting across to, to the Lord there. When you hurt Landmark Baptist Church, you hurt me. 
You can come to me and say, Brother Paul, I'm sorry that I did it, but I would much rather you come to the church and say, I'm sorry that I did it, than you're apologizing to me. Let me tell you, folks, Elijah walked in different shoes than most men did. And you're going to find, what was it Elisha asked for? Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Well, Brother Kendall did the same thing. Brother Kendall asked for a double portion of, of, of his pastor's spirit. I don't know if, if, if he knew enough to know his pastor's spirit or not. But that's what, Eli- that's what Elisha asked for. He asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Anyone here today who has seen themselves afraid of what the world may say because of their inherited infirmities is the same spot, you're in the same spot Elijah was in at this hour. Same spot Elijah was in at this hour. When you... When, when you are, are ridiculed because of sometimes your inherited infirmities, you know, I'm ridiculed sometimes because I'm fat. That's, that's one of my terrible infirmities. I like to eat. But you, you're going to get ridiculed. You're going to get talked about. And they're, they're, I've, I've heard statements, and I'm not going to mention where they came from, but I've heard statements made that I'm going to get my people out of that church as soon as I can. I had that statement made one time by another preacher that his daughter and son-in-law and his children were thinking about joining Landmark Baptist Church. And he told everybody, he says, I'll, I'll do anything I can do to get them out of that church. Because he did not like the pastor. But let me tell you what happens. This same person, this same person called me up one day and wanted me to come to his house and pray for him because he was dying. That same person. I went to his house. I stayed with him about an hour. I kneeled down beside his bed <coughs> and I prayed with him and prayed with him. And uh, he was around telling everybody how I came and prayed for him. He didn't die right then, but he thought he was. Let me tell you, folks, that's, that's what happens. God does not forget anything. God doesn't forget anything. <coughs> God doesn't change. The way God used Elijah, he'll use me and you, you and I today. Well, I guess, I guess probably to you and me. He'll use us today just like he used Elijah. So the next time God puts something on your heart to go and do, and you'll say, I can't do it right now, Lord, you better back up. And say, Lord, I'll do it. Whatever, whatever you laid on my heart to do, I'm going to go do it, Lord. If the Lord lays it on your heart to go witness to somebody, you better go on and witness to them. 
Don't put it off. Because if you put it off, you're not going to do it. Same way with coming to church. If you put it off, you're not going to do it. I won't be faithful. If you put it off, you're not going to do it. Today's the day. This is the moment. This is the minute. The time right now when we have to answer God and say, God, I will do whatever you want me to do. Wherever you send me, Lord, I'll go. It's time for us to say that. So if you've got on your heart today that you would like to witness some of your family members, you better go on and get it done. You know, you know as well as I do. You've got family members that don't know the Lord as you learned the Lord, as the Lord taught you. You know that as well as I do. Sin will change. Sin will change a man's disposition and make him into a vicious mess. I know because I've seen it. Elijah was one, said, Lord, I'm jealous because these people will not follow you. They're not following you like they should. He said, I'm jealous of that. But he says, also, Lord, I'm here because my life has been threatened. Elijah, <clears throat> Elijah got his orders from Jehovah God. Here's what God sent, said for, to him. Now here's, here's where he, this reason God sent him. He said, go forth and stand before the Lord. <laughs> Verse 11. Verse 11 of, of our text. Verse 11, he says, No, that's not what I'm talking about. Oh, I've got the wrong. Anyway, he said it. I'm not going all the way back over there to the text. But he said it. Go forth and stand before the Lord. What if the Lord told you right now? We sing a song. Stand stand up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. What if the Lord laid it on your heart right now to stand up for Jesus? Would you do it? Would you do it? He, he said, he said, I brought you here for this reason. You go and stand before the Lord. You know why? Because he's going to show him some things. He's going to show Elijah some things. Some things that he wanted Elijah to learn. He's going to show it to him. What God, what does God demand that we do? He demands that we put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Ephesians 6 and verse 11. Do you, do you forget about that verse? Put on the whole armor of God. You know, you, you're, you're guarded, you're, you're taken care of, but if you go out there on your own and try to live your life on your own, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble. You put on the whole armor of God. What does, uh, how many have on the whole armor of God on this day? What is the whole armor of God? The things that you must have, have your loins girded about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the hammock of the hammock of salvation, and the sword of the Lord. 
That's the whole armor of God. You have all those things today? Do you know you have all those things today? Do, do you know that you have on the breastplate of righteousness? Do you know that you got your loins girded about with truth? Do you know that your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? Do you have the shield of faith today? And the belief of sal- and, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. There you go. That's a person that God is going to protect. And he told Elijah, he said, I want you to go forth and I want you to stand before the Lord and he's going to show you some things. How do we see these things are there? We saw it in the wind of the Spirit, in the earthquake of movement, and in the fire from heaven, and in a still, small voice that spoke to us. We see it. What what is a new birth? The new birth is as the wind blows. What is a new birth? It it is as as an earthquake. The place shook. Place shook. The the church of the first church and not the the first church in <coughs> in Book of Acts shook. The wind blew. Its church shook. The fire came down from heaven and lit upon them. And God filled them with the Holy Spirit. And they, what did they do? They went out and Peter got up, old Peter got up and preached one of the greatest messages anybody's ever preached. Why Peter? That's the way the Lord works. <coughs> Peter was one denied the Lord, but yet he stood up and he preached that great message on that day. Are we, are we, are we clothed to do the work of the Lord? Or are we just hoping that everything just goes okay? We may speak a good message. We may talk of great things. We may show some sort fire of enthusiasm. But if that still small voice of the Spirit of God is not present, then we have nothing. That still small voice that spoke to us when we were saved. That still small voice that may be speaking to some of you right here right now. Oh yeah. That still small voice that speaks to us. That's an oxymoron in it. A still small voice. That's the way God's voice is. He speaks to us in ways that we must recognize that it's God who is speaking to us. Lord told Zechariah, it is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit that I guide people, lead people. Zechariah 4 and verse 6. God must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. There must be the evidence of the presence of God in one's life. Jesus told the church, my sheep hear my voice. 
my sheep hear my voice. That great, still, small voice, his church hears it. His church hears it, and they go forward. That's the reason. That's the reason we grow. We got preachers today that are pulling their hair out because they're preaching to the same few people they've been preaching to for years. Brother Mark Williams told me one time. He said, "I've, I've, I've literally." He said, "I've got down and cried." He said, "I've got down in the floor and cried because I've preached." to four people for 21 years. He said he started out with six, two of them died, and was left with four people. That old brother from West Virginia was so enthused to go back and preach a message that he heard at the Bible conference to his congregation. I was sitting up there with him, he, he's gone on to be with the Lord now. I sitting up there with him. I said, Brother, how many people do you have over there in West Virginia? He said, Four. He was so enthused to go back and preach that message to those people. You see, God uses people in different ways, but you've got to listen. You've got to listen to that still, small voice that speaks to us and, and guides us and leads us and sends us where he wants us to go. And do the things that he wants us to do. Not what your mama tells you. Not what your daddy tells you. Not what your uncle, aunt, brother, sisters, or anybody tells you. What God tells you. You know, sometimes we try to do what mama tells us to do. There's a lot of mamas that are enabling their children today to even go away from the Lord. Mama's more important. I had someone tell me one time, my mama's more important than you are. That may be true. Because I'm not very important. But let me tell you, God is a lot more important than all of us put together. All of our mamas, all of our daddies, all of our uncles, all of our aunts, all of our brothers, all of our sisters. He's more powerful than any of them. He told Zechariah, he said... It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit that I speak to you. By my spirit that I speak to you. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. You know when the Lord's talking to you. If you're saved today, you know when the Lord's talking to you. If you if you claim to be saved today and you don't know the Lord's ever talked to you, then you better... Examining yourself. Because the Lord speaks to every one of his children. Speaks to every one of them. Alright, uh, let's, let's close it out. Let's form a circle and we'll close out in prayer.